0: hey y'all welcome back to the into the light podcast um we're so excited to have today's episode um and to talk about it we're gonna do this after every single episode um because we talk on different um areas in mental health and in stories and challenges and in, in lives um we're gonna talk about um afterwards we're gonna have an episode that talks about like the how like how can we apply it right because i don't think it matters at all if we are, like, talking about it and just talking about it and being really open about it and not doing anything about it, right? Um, so today, we heard my story about sexual abuse. And so we're going to talk about um, the things that helped me get through it, as well as how we can help avoid this happening in, in the future, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. We're, we're mostly here for action steps, practicalities, because we all know people's stories, but we want to know some simple steps that we can take to begin our journey of healing or even just feeling a little bit of progress a little bit so we want to dive in just a little bit to what braylyn did share a few ideas these are going to be a little bit shorter but we hope that they are helpful and help those that might be struggling with anything to find some resources to turn to right away
0: yeah and just to preface um we do focus on obviously the doctrine of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints but this is definitely um, something that anybody can apply to, um, no matter what kind of faith, um, we do have a really strong belief in God. And I believe specifically that God is the one who really helped me get through this, but God gave me these tools to understand how I need to get through this. Cause I just couldn't do it by myself. Right? So the first one we want to talk about is therapy. Um, therapy, at least for me is how it helped me get through what I went through. Correct. Um, and I talked about it a little bit in the episode before, um, so go check that out if you haven't. But um, so one thing about therapy that everyone really struggles with is the cost of therapy. And I understand that because I'm a poor college student and I ain't got money for that. And you don't really want to invest in yourself in that way because it's like, ugh you know you're not getting anything physically out of it right um however what i did is i got therapy from my college right and so it was it was free um it was super helpful and it was a resource that i didn't have but i really needed at the time um a lot of employers as well offer therapy and like within within um like your benefits package or maybe um insurances as well they have like therapy um like You have to go to a certain therapist to get through with your insurance, but all you have to pay is, like, a copay, super cheap, stuff like that. Um, So that's a really good option when it comes to just exploring therapy ways that is not expensive. Uh, Another one, which I'm not entirely familiar with, but I know it's out there and you can look more about it, but there's, like, a 911 hotline that's for mental health um, in just all over the U.S. It just broadcasted. It's called – It's 988. Um, and you can call that, and I'm guessing you can talk to people about it if you're going through a mental health crisis, et cetera. Um, you want to talk about the next one, Aaron?
1: Yeah, so the next one, well, first of all, I just kind of want to echo what, what Bray Lenz said about being poor. We're all poor here in Provo. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but honestly, there's so many different ways to get therapy, and from a church perspective, we're both members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and one of the, one of the other places you can turn for therapy is also going to your bishop. Mm-hmm because the church has funding to pay for sessions of therapy online. Yeah, and it's not going to your
0: bishop for therapy. It's a different service that the bishop refers you to.
1: Yeah, it's called LDS Family Mm -hmm. Services, or at least it used to be. Yeah, I think it is still. But yeah, regardless, you can go to your bishop to get help with therapy. Another option that I have come across recently is betterhelp.com. And I'm an avid podcast listener, and so I kind of dove into this resource a little bit. But it's B E T T E R H E L P dot com and it's literally a place where you can go and meet with therapists online. And it's pretty cheap. I think they go as low as like forty to fifty dollars a week. So if you have the money for that and that's a really easy way to get connected with a therapist and keep it strictly confidential since it's online mm-hmm. and you get to choose who you want and what will help you the most.
0: Yeah. Um, I think another thing with therapy that we need to talk about is um, the demographic of your therapist. Um, If I didn't have the therapist I had, I think it would have been a really hard time to get through it. Um, Not that this is like something that everybody needs. But for me, I didn't know I needed, but I really did need. I needed my therapist. She was a, a woman of color and she was religious we weren't even in the same religion at all i think she was buddhist maybe but um we were both religious and we believed in this higher being and so if she didn't understand those two like key things of like part of my identity it would have been kind of hard for her to relate and for me to kind of want to take advice as well from her um we also we also like her past and specifically, like, I didn't even actually know her past. I didn't really know a whole lot about her. But the way that she was so empathetic, she understood because of her demographics and who she was. She was a woman. Um, She lived in, like, the suburbs as well, right? She went to college but was struggling through college. You know what I mean? So it's it's very much about how you can relate with your therapist because not every therapist is going to be for every person. I think that's important to know. If therapy didn't work for you, I – I'm assuming that's probably the number one thing. That's why it didn't because of the therapist demographic. And you didn't really trust them either with like being at your most vulnerable self. Um, so I think that's super important. Um,
1: we also need to get past the stigmatization of therapy. Like it's not a bad thing to be going to see a therapist. These are trained professionals that can help you in whatever problem. There's people that can help you in whatever problem you feel like you're going through right now, especially that of sexual abuse like Braylon experienced they're professionals and they want to help. They get paid to help. This is literally what they do for their living. Yeah. And so they're pretty good at it yeah. if you find the right ones. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And don't be embarrassed about going. It's it's reaching out to help. That is the first step in in healing.
0: For sure. I agree. Um something okay. Um so one thing that is that also helped me with therapy was um one being so connected to my creator that was a huge thing but in part of that honestly understanding how i think and that was really part of that came from my therapist is understanding how i think and why i think the way i think and just being vulnerable with myself in general and so a way that i did that a tactic that i did that was writing i have my phone and like i'm obsessed with my notes app and I just write, right, 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 right. Nobody sees it, right? And so I literally everything that is in my head, I was just writing when I was in between classes, when I was on the bus going to class, when I was um like waiting to clock on for my shift, when I was you know what I mean? Like in between things when I was in the bathroom and I was just like on the toilet, I was just like writing. <laughs> um, and it was it really just helped me understand what I was thinking. And I would just be like you know, I had a really crappy day, and this is why I had a crappy day. I really don't like how this girl talked to me. I was really upset about this. Um, I loved that this professor talked about this in this way. You know what I mean? Random things. Nobody like made no sense.
1: You guys have heard of shower thoughts? These are <laughs> these are toilet thoughts. That's where inspiration is. I,
0: I'm sorry. That's that's where I think the I best. respect that. I'm, no, I respect that. Being vulnerable with myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was one way that I really. Um, it was helpful for me, so I don't know. Just try it. I think it helps you validate your own emotions as well as help get validate other people's emotions as well. And um, I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, I can I can attest to that writing thing. I've I've experienced the power of writing down your thoughts and emotions as well because yeah. if they just stay in your head, we come to some really odd conclusions about it. But there's something about writing it down on paper or talking to someone. Um, about yeah. the th- your different thoughts and your emotions, which is the next thing that we wanted to talk about. I actually wanted to share a quick experience. Um, I was listening to a podcast, actually, uh, last week or the week before. You guys are going to hear me talk about Ed Milet Crazy. all the time. Oh my
0: gosh. I didn't know you to podcasts.
1: Yeah, I know. But there, he interviewed this girl. Her name is Jenna Kutcher. Um I'm sure some of you have heard of her. But she just came out with this book that's called How Are You Really?, Because, I don't know, we have this thing in America where when you're passing someone in the hall or on the street, you say, hey, how are you? You're like, good. How are you? But the question that we need to be asking others and ourselves is how are you really? And the other day, um, I mean, recently we all go through struggles. I've been going through a little bit of a struggle recently in my life. And just on, I don't know, two nights ago, got done hanging out with some friends. And I was walking home with one of my really close friends. And as we were just kind of standing there talking, she turned to me. She's like, Aaron, how are you doing? And I was like, good, I'm doing all right. And she just stared at me. She's like, Aaron, how are you like actually doing? And I still resisted it. I was just like, good, I'm doing fine. And she's like, Aaron, look at me right now and tell me how you were actually doing. And I don't know. I'm really stubborn about sharing my life with other people. I don't know if it's just, I don't want to burden people with my problems or whatever. But there's something about asking the question, how are you doing really or how are you actually doing and being persistent about it until you get a substantive answer Mm -hmm. that really brings out these emotions and thoughts where you can talk it over with someone and deal with them and get it out in the open. And I know after she asked me that three or four times, I was like, okay, she's not going to go away until I talk to her. But at the same time, I really wanted to say something about it, even if in my head I didn't but I knew my heart wanted me to express how I was feeling. And we just wanted to briefly go over the power of asking how people are and asking specifically. Um, There is this question where you can relate to people. You know what's happened to me before. You know my story. Has something like this ever happened to you? Have you ever had your boundaries violated in in this way? And there's something about asking specific questions and being persistent about it that opens people up to expressing their emotions and their thoughts. That's usually the first step in healing.
0: Yeah, that's the power of connecting with people. And I'm super passionate about connecting with people. And it's very, it's quite easy once you are one vulnerable with yourself and how you're actually feeling. But for me in particular, um, I don't learn if I'm not talking about it, which is really bad.
1: Like I'm in the same school, way. Yeah.
0: Or like, um, church things. I don't, I don't actually know what I believe or even politics. I don't actually know what I believe or what I think about a situation until I talk about it with somebody. So
1: You're able to express it
0: because it's like, I'm saying things that I've never even talked about. And that was one thing that I had during my experience. I had a friend and he really helped me articulate how I actually feel. He, we would just talk like he'd literally just come over to my house almost every day. And we just talk about deep, deep, deep things. And we talk about deep things and we talk about how we actually feel and it was a space that I felt safe we differed on a lot of things maybe a majority of things but because one I had that space where I could talk very openly and very vulnerably and he was he and he was very much the same you know we could be vulnerable together and we could talk about it together and I think especially when it comes to sexual abuse um, being straight up with whoever is around you is going to be the hardest part. That's going to be the hardest step. First, it's going to be being open with yourself, and that was for me took fifteen years. But after that, it was kind of just skyrocketed from that. I was like, I was able to articulate how I actually felt because I was able to be vulnerable with myself and vulnerable with other people. And so, um, that is one thing too that we want to emphasize. Um, cause I always think, how is this going to help my future kids? Right. Because you know how my parents, they raised me fabulously and I love them to death. Um, but how can I make the next generation even better? Right. Um, and I think it is having those open and honest conversations, being able to be like, Hey, like when was your first kiss as a mom to a daughter? That's like such a scary conversation, but why does it have to be, you know, like talk like you as the parent maybe just being so open with your kids like hey this has happened to me before and i was wondering has anything like that happened to you you know just being vulnerable with your story but as well allowing your kids to express how they feel at the moment and all throughout i think their lives starting at a very young age i think that is opening the door for if something does happen to them that they're able to one express it and two understand how they how how they can be vulnerable with you, if that makes sense. Um, so those conversations, I think, are vital, especially when raising up the next generation, because we, as like, I, what are we, Gen Z's? I don't know what we Something are. Something like that. But we, we, I don't know, I think, I have so much faith in our generation. I just think that we are gonna do so good for our upcoming kids, and I think this is one way we can do it, just being so vulnerable and understanding mental health actually happens and things happen, happen in people's lives. Um, So to be able to know how to express it have the desire to express it and actually do it i think are three things that is going to help immensely when raising up the next generation
1: absolutely and i think one of the things that we wanted to express here is is don't wait to have that conversation find a friend that you can ask some sort of question that you can relate to them with i think breland and i have experienced it in our current friend group just how open and honest we are about our struggles and it's really brought us together on a level that I haven't experienced with my friend groups in the past, Yeah, I agree. which is crazy. So we wanted to issue out a little bit of a challenge to, to find someone that, you know, that you could ask some sort of question that you can relate to them with. Even if it is the question of, Hey, how are you really doing? Mm-hmm. Think of your siblings Think of your family members, everyone around, everyone around us is struggling yeah. in some way or another. And one of the key components of healing from any trauma is connection. Life is all about connection and asking these straight up, honest, vulnerable questions is one of the best ways to begin a connective experience with someone that you love.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and just, um, ending I, with Aaron's challenge, be specific with those questions. Don't be beat around the bush kind of thing. Um, I would say point, like, if you feel like something specifically is an issue, ask them. Be honest about how you think they are feeling and then just ask them if that's how they're really feeling, you know? Because then that will open the door for more conversation.
1: Yeah, and just know that I think I'm one of the most stubborn people in the whole world. <laughs> um, And it took my friend, like, four questions to get me to actually talk. Yeah. Maybe some people are more stubborn than I am. I don't know. I haven't really met anyone besides my siblings, (laughs) but but be persistent about, about getting people to open up. I think just being there for them and being that listening ear is so huge. Do you have anything else to add, Bray?
0: Yeah. As well as you, as the, as the person going through something, opening up to somebody else, um, being able to be like, Hey, I'm struggling. Can I just talk to you? Like, I don't even know how I feel, but I just want to vent. And I just want to I just want to think about how I think. But if you guys have any thoughts about or resources that we can share um, on the podcast, please email us into the light. 50, at Gmail. And um, we want to hear it. Um, we want to hear your stories. We want to hear some other resources that we can add, because we're going to have this resource episode after every single one of our main episodes. Um, just so we can act. Let's do it, folks. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. (laughs) Let's get into action. And again, we just want to reiterate, this life is all about connection. And so we want to help people connect as much as possible. Mm -hmm. That is about it for this week, though. We will see you next week, and we're signing out for now.
0: Bye, y'all.